0: Rahman Rahim <laughs> This is the chapter in al-Salihin, Salihin Babul Vasiati Bin Nisa. It's a chapter on the advice with regards to women how should they be treated, what kind of consideration they should be given It starts off with the ayat of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala, Allah Allah is commanding the men that that treat them kindly. In other words, referring to person's wife, etc., and the woman in general, that treat them kindly. Treat them kindly. This is what you think the command of Allah Ta'ala being given to the men. And in the next ayat, Allah Ta'ala says, This is referring to the situation where a person has more than one wife. Allah Ta'ala is saying that you will not be able to. Practice complete equality between both in terms of perhaps affection, in terms of feelings, but don't just become totally inclined in one direction and leave the other totally aside, hanging in the air, so to say. So, this is the advice and the command of Allah Ta'ala to the person who may have more than one wife. And Allah Ta'ala says, those who will do what is right and they will adopt taqwa Allah is most forgiving, most merciful for those aspects which, is beyond, which are beyond the control of a person. Now, this chapter is pertaining to what is the advice regarding woman. This is something which may come to our minds that it is for the men, so this should be something discussed with the men, Well, one is that this is a chapter of this kitab that you are doing, so you will do it as part of this study of this kitab. But on the other side, there are various things which are addressed to men, which even women need to keep in mind. There are things addressed to women which men need to bear in mind. What is the lesson in here for us? That to what extent Allah has shown this compassion, this kindness, to his servants, to the woman, Allah Taala is in the Quran Sharif giving this command to the husbands, to the men, that how they should be caring for their wives. Can you imagine a person who is a king, for example, leave, leave the king alone? Somebody is a prime minister, leave the prime minister alone. Somebody who is just the mayor, leave the mayor alone. Also, somebody who might just have some prominence in the community, he is a person who is very wealthy, maybe very influential. He has a lot of uh, power, so to say, and now he got his daughter married to someone, and then he tells his son-in-law, "Please look after her well." And because of his influence, because of his power, because he has some kind of might, so the person who now got married to his daughter is also careful. I rather now watch how I conduct myself. Because this father-in-law of his has got some influence, some power, but that power, that influence that father-in-law has also is so limited, tomorrow he himself will be just as dependent as anybody else. Could happen, Allah Allah protect and save one and all. So he has very limited power. He doesn't have any such power that he can really do anything much. But despite that, everybody takes that very, very seriously. What about Allah wa ta'ala, he is interceding on behalf of the woman, Allah ta'ala who has control and power over everything, Allah ta'ala who is our creator, our sustainer, our nourisher. So on the one hand, the husband is supposed to be really taking note of this, that my Allah has interceded on behalf of my wife. And by extension then, this will apply to other women who are in his care, whether it is his daughter, whether it is his mother whether it is his sister, primarily the address here is regarding wives. So on the one hand, it's the husband that should be taking this note, note of this and really applying this in his life, that he conducts himself in a correct way. But on the other side, the lesson for us is that our Allah has been so kind to us, so considerate of his female servants, that Allah has personally interceded on their behalf. Now when Allah Ta'ala has been so merciful to us, so kind to us, should we also not be fulfilling what our side of the bargain is, what our, our duties are, what our responsibilities are? And that is what we have come to learn. What are our responsibilities? In the dunya that we are living in, in this time, everything is in a very different mode. A person undertakes or rather in this dunya that we are in, people each one has that demand for their own response, own rights. Parents are demanding their rights, children are demanding their rights. Husband is demanding his rights, the wife is demanding her rights. And every other person in society, the employer demanding his rights, the employee demanding his rights. I mean there's this constant demand of rights from every direction. It just becomes one constant fight and it breaks, becomes, the end result becomes a broken down society. The Western society has already broken down a long time. And they want to drag us also in the same place where they have fallen. About maybe 10 years ago, the statistics at that time was that one in three homes in the United States was a broken home. One in three, that was 10 years ago. Maybe even more, I think. Between 10 to 15 years ago, the statistics that were done that time. Allah knows what it's standing at now. So one in three homes was a broken home because of the manner in which this life was being conducted. And one major contributing factor to that was this demand of rights. In our deen our sharia, Allah has given us the details of the rights. What are the rights of the husband? What are the rights of the wife? In the, in the Shariat, we have been given these details, in the Quran Sharif and in the Ahadith of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The rights of parents, the rights of children. But the lesson taught to each one is, you fulfill your responsibilities. When the Ansar, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam addressed them, so he told them that a time will come, that a time will come, when your rights will not be given to you, And others will be given preference over that which you are entitled to. You are entitled to something, but somebody else will be given preference. Now what must you do at that time, when your rights are not being fulfilled entirely, somebody else is being given preference? The lesson Nabi Rasan gave was, al حَتَّى تَلْقَوْنِ عَلَى الْحَوْضِ You must make someone. The lesson that Nabi Salaam taught, on the one hand is, that everybody make sure you fulfill your responsibilities and duties. But on the other side, if your rights have not been totally fulfilled, then فَصْبِرُوا حَتَّى تَلْقَوْنِ عَلَى الْحَوْضِ Then next father, I will meet you at house a and there I will make up for whatever was not given to you in dunya, in terms of your rights. Now when everybody adopts this policy, when every wife adopts this policy, then I will make sure I fulfill the responsibility on me with regards to my husband. My duties as a wife, I will make sure I complete them. And if something, there's some shortage in terms of what I'm entitled to, then I'll make supper upon it. Likewise, the husband has adopted the same policy, I will make sure I fulfill my duties and responsibilities to my wife. And if there's something here and there, some shortfall, I will overlook that and make supper. The situation would be that there won't be anybody left to demand any rights, because everybody's rights would be automatically fulfilled. Because the husband is fulfilling his duties, the wife's rights got fulfilled. The wife is fulfilling her responsibilities and duties, automatically the husband's rights got fulfilled. Likewise with parents and children, with any other relationship in society. So what we have been taught is that we have to inculcate the lessons of Deen. One is information. So information is abundant. In this time and age especially, one press of a button, you can have volumes and volumes, if you forget volumes, you can have libraries of information at your fingertips. So there is this explosion of information. But information alone doesn't make a life. Information alone won't make anybody's dunya, where is going to make somebody's akhirat? Information is necessary to the point of information, but that doesn't make it. That doesn't create that situation of happiness, of peace. person has learned the whole Bukhari Sharif. this see the compilation from Bukhari Sharif, from Muslim Sharif. A person learns the whole Bukhari Sharif by heart. He learns the whole Muslim Sharif by heart. He learns the tafaseer from cover to cover. That is a very good thing, mashallah. But if it is only restricted to the point of information, and it is not part of the person's life. The lessons have not been imbibed, have not been absorbed. Then the person will learn on hadith in the morning that, فسوقun, that to swear at a Muslim, this is a major sin, and he'll step out of the class and he'll be swearing. person will learn about ghibat, that ahadukum lahma akhihi maytan ghastly picture is being drawn to show us how ghastly this and how terrible this kind is. Another is giving the example of a corpse. And a corpse, we all know what happens to a corpse. A Few hours after that has become a corpse, it starts already decaying. The body starts rotting. So now a few hours later it's going to have a terrible stench and it's going to be rotting. And now can we imagine somebody Eating out of that dead body. It started decaying. started rotting. What a ghastly picture this is. Because the crime is so serious. So Allah is giving us that kind of an example. A person will re- learn this ayat, will, a ahadukum, what is, and ahadukum is the file, and all the various other analysis of the whole sentence he will learn. And then the tafsir of it, and he will write an assignment of it, on it, and all the details will be there. But if they even that effort to imbibe, to bring this into the heart, to make it a part of one's life, and one is not learning it for amal, and to pass it on to others, then one will step out of the class, or let alone step out of the class, after the lesson is over in the class, in front of the Hadith Kitab, in front of the Tafsir of the Quran Sharif, in front of the Quran Sharif itself. With the eye open in front of one, the ghibah will carry on also person will be sitting in the Haram Sharif and the person will be committing ghibat in the Haram Sharif. Person will be committing haram glances in the Haram Sharif. When that happens, when that knowledge was not ill, it was just information. And because of it just being information, it doesn't make any change in a person's life. Then the person is only demanding rights, but to practice on fulfilling one's duties, that's a faraway thing. So what is our purpose of coming to this institution, to come to this madrasa is to acquire ilm, not just information. And ilm is a noor from Allah Ta'ala. And this noor comes when the etiquettes of acquiring this ilm are being fulfilled. What are the etiquettes of this ilm? The first thing is taqwa. That a person acquires this ilm together with the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. And staying away from haram, staying away from sin, and especially staying far away from the means of sin. In this time and age, the, the cell phone, which for many, Allah forbid, has become a hell phone. That the way that the phone is used and what it is used for, takes people directly to Jannah. So that phone has become a hell phone. So what is necessary is to adopt taqwa in acquiring ilm, That a person stays away from haram, does not come at haram with the eyes with the ears, listening to music, etc. No illicit relationship of any sort, chatting to non-Mahrams, and all the kind of things that unfortunately Shaitan gets us trapped in. And together with that, the next thing is, very importantly, is Adab. Together with Taqwa, Adab. Deep respect. Respect for the people that are teaching us, respect for our Kitabs, respect for the pen, respect for the page. These are all things that assist us to acquire ilm. One person stepped into the toilet and then he quickly rushed out. One great Buzru, he stepped into the toilet and then he rushed out. And he rushed out, so somebody just saw him just stepping in and rushing out. They thought something happened. They asked him, what's the problem? So he says well, when I just stepped in, I saw that this drop, this little dot was on my hand, this dot of ink. And in those days they had the lead pen which had to be dipped into that ink pot. So sometimes you get some spillage, something, one drop falls away. So this drop of ink had fallen onto his finger. You see, I immediately came out to first wash this off. Because this too is an aid towards ill. So I got to respect it. So this was the level of respect. Now, one is that what is hala, the, the general uh, manner nowadays is anything a person is addressed or advised with but is it haram? Is this something that's a sin? Is it haram? So certain things are haram, certain things may not be totally haram, but they are in the category of where a person has to adopt other. And shirking in that is be'addi, it is disrespect. And disrespect is one of the main reasons for a person becoming deprived. Deprived of ilm, deprived of the nur of ilm, deprived of barakah is ba adab ba ba adab The famously spoken Urdu statement: "Ba adab ba naseed, The person who has adab in him, the person who has respect, who has etiquette, who respects not just outwardly from the heart. How the Qur'an Sharif is handled, how it is kept, how our kitabs are kept, how it is carried. Unfortunately, sometimes and many cases nowadays, children they carry their school books in that haversack behind their back. In that haversack is the Quran Sharif also. Previously, the child always carried the Quran Sharif in a juzdan on his chest, at his heart. Allah forbid we have now put the Quran Sharif behind our backs. And this is perhaps one of the reasons why we find so many calamities falling on us. So, how we respect the Quran Sharif, how we keep the Quran Sharif our kitabs, and everything to do with ilm. So this is a very great way of gaining this nur of ilm. And lacking in respect brings deprivation. The person gets deprived. So taqwa, adab, and talab. Talab is the true and sincere desire to gain ilm. When a person is true and sincere in their desire to gain ilm, then they will conduct themselves in a way that will bring ilm. Then they will do what is necessary to be done. They will stay away from all things that are haram, that are impermissible, and their purpose would be that they must bring this in their lives. So this is what we have come to learn, how to bring this deen into our lives, and get ready for our primary responsibility in life. As females, what is our primary responsibility in life? The primary responsibility is to become a good Muslim wife, and a good Muslim mother. That it is the mothers of the ummah that have raised all the personalities that then went out into the world and they served Deen to the extent that it went far and wide. Imam Bukhari Rahmatullah his mother raised him on her own because his father passed away when he was a child. He was still an infant. The father passed away. And he had become blind in his childhood. His mother made so much of dua and she continued making dua that one day she saw in her dream Hazrat Ibrahim والسلام, is saying to her that Allah ta'ala has restored the sight of your child. And when she woke up, miraculously she sees that Alhamdulillah, her child's sight has been restored. She then dedicated this child for deen and for the knowledge of deen. And in those days, to acquire the knowledge of deen, they had to go far off in difficult travelling conditions and on the one hand was his mother at home there was nobody to look after her she agreed to accompany him on those difficult travels so that he could acquire ilm she would just accompany him so that he could take care of her and at the same time go to the company of the great muhaddis in far off travels through jungles and deserts and whatever else now she made the sacrifice today nobody has probably heard her name or so Besides the few people who have studied the in-depth hadith and so on, they don't know her name, they don't know about her, they don't know what she did. But it was her efforts that created Imam Bukhari it was her efforts that brought about this great personality. And the whole world is benefiting from his work till today and inshallah will continue to al But behind him was his mother. And there are many, many instances like this. That the Person who shone out in the world in terms of the service of Deen, everybody in the whole world came to know him. But behind him was his mother, which nobody knows about. But she will get the full reward and the full benefit of whatever work he did thereafter. So this is what is our primary responsibility. Unfortunately, this dunya the way it's going, everybody's minds gets taken in dunya as well. One person went for a proposal somewhere. One youngster just to give this. Uh, idea of how things are going, one person went for a proposal somewhere, so any case, went to see the girl, and then, now they are returning, now he went with his parents, because this is the way to go about it, that these kind of things are done via the family channels. Unfortunately nowadays, all this is done via social media, and then there is an announcement made, previously the announcement would be made to the extended family by the parents, that mashallah, we got our son proposed, we got our daughter proposed. Nowadays, the announcement is made to the parents by the children, that we are proposed. And then the parents must suffer a heart attack. So, this is the whole way in which shaitan and this western way of life is taking us to fall in that same ditch that they have fallen in. any case, the correct procedure is that a person does these things via the by his parents, via the family channels. In so, any case, this family, they took their son to go and see this girl, and after now they are returning, so they jumped in the car and he said to them, you know, so they asked him, what do you think? Now, he saw the girl now for the first time, because that's how it's supposed to be. So they asked him, what do you think? So he said, please forget about it, don't you talk about it, end of story. So he surprised that beforehand they did some homework, whatever, they started, I mean, whoever they asked, they said, nice girl, very good girl. and now. He is already writing it off before even considering it. The baby are just leaving this yard or this town and he's saying, Forget about it, what happened? says, well uh, that brief conversation I had with her, that too is not something in any case. So you see, I said that two minutes and so now this is a crucial meeting in the sense that you want to know something which will affect future life. Is this person the right choice? Is he somebody that would be able to fulfill the role of a good husband. So now, you want to know something that is of importance. So he, saying that in this two minutes, she wanted to know whether I would go bun- bungee jumping. So now, if this is her frame of mind, in such a crucial moment to ask something of importance, if this is so important to her, I can imagine afterwards, from she will make me jump. I will be doing the high jump my whole life. So he says, Forget about it. One other person went for a proposal similar in a similar situation. After he came back from there, his parents asked him, Okay, what do you think? So he says, Forget about it. Now everybody is forgetting about it. Say, so Why you want to forget about it? What's the problem? He says, We are in that two minutes, three minutes that we spoke something. So she says she wants to go to France for a honeymoon. Now this is already the mindset. He says, Forget about it. It's already before we even decided whether we are getting married or not. She already spoke about me to France. After Allah knows best, she'll want to take me to the moon. So the point is that the whole mindset now it's such a crucial thing. Marriage is something that is going to now be a lifelong step a person is taking. And this must become the means of this sukun and this contentment coming in one's life. It must be a means of this family now becoming and access to the entire ummat. It has become a means of where the children that will grow up in this household will become soldiers of deen. They will be passing on deen to the whole world. But like already the mindset is bungee jumping, and the mindset is honeymooning in France, and the whole mindset is only dunya, then what is going to be the end result? The end result, immediate end result is misery. Immediate end result is misery because let alone now previously they used to say that the honeymoon is full moon, the whole pocket you know, moon shining, the whole honeymoon, and then after that unfortunately solar eclipse, non-stop. But nowadays, very Allah forbid, these are tragic things to talk about. Maybe it's not something that you are accustomed to hearing yeah. here, but back where we come from, every other day, Allah forbid, we are hearing these kind of things where that marriage will last sometimes a couple of days. Now, what is the reason for this? The reason is that the whole mindset is dunya. The whole mindset is entertainment and fun. And responsibility, taking the challenges of life as a responsibility, and fulfilling one's role in life, that a wife, what is her role? She has to take care of the household. She has to be taking care of the husband. And he has to be fulfilling the role of being the breadwinner. Now all this is turned upside down in the dunya. Everybody has to be a carrier person. So everybody has to be out in the dunya and then now come home everybody has to now share the home. But now this, either the servants bring everything, the servants are bringing up the children also, and the children are now growing up like the servants' children. So it's obvious what, what kind of life they will grow up with. So As a result we're losing our dunya also because there's no, no enjoyment in the dunya as well. The material is there but there is no enjoyment in it. And deen is totally destroyed. So what is the way forward is that we understand what is our real role in life. Our purpose of acquiring this ilm is to fulfill our real role in life. <laughs> Nabi Sallallahu wa sallam, when Hazrat Fatima R.A. married he apportioned the duties. in-house, the indoor duties will all be the duties of Hazrat Fatima R.A. And Prophet Ali will will be responsible for everything outside the house. Now the world out there is not prepared to accept this. And we are paying the price of it. This is the way of life that Nabi's last response, which has the guarantee of peace, the guarantee of happiness, the guarantee of contentment, the guarantee of that shukun. But we want to follow the West, so we are paying the price of it. So the way forward is that we come back to the way of Rasulullah sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. We come back to the way of the Quran Sharif, the way of the Sunnah, and we will get back that peace, that happiness. So we have to learn these things now, that what is our way forward? Our way forward is not the carrier of dunya. Our way forward is the carrier of a, that mother, that wife, that mother, who brings up an Ummat, who fulfills the responsibility in a way that the whole Ummat benefits. And she herself then benefits in dunya also and benefits in akhirat as well. So these ayat of the Quran that Allah wa ta'ala is addressing the men in, but there's a lesson in it for us as well. That we are to be also dedicating ourselves to Allah wa ta'ala, dedicating ourselves to worshipping Him, to serving Him, to fulfill our roles and responsibilities that He has placed on us. And in this way we will gain His love, we will gain His muhabbat, he will gain his closeness and will gain the great stages of akhirat as well. Indeed, there is no happiness in anything but the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. In the Qur'an Sharif Allah Ta'ala says, That in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala, the hearts get peace. Now the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala, the zikr, one is the verbal zikr, but apart from the verbal zikr, what this refers to is obedience, complete obedience to Allah Ta'ala. Now, many times a person says, I am making zikr. I'm reading Kasbihar, I'm doing something else also, I'm making tilawat as well, but I don't seem to find that peace that is being promised. So the thing is that if your fish is in water, the entire body is in the water, 3 quarters of it, but one part of it, the tail is sticking out of the water. Let's put it to such a place where the tail has to stick out of the water. Won't that fish be in peace? That fish will only be in peace when it is immersed in water. So a person also is making partial zikr, then he cannot get the full benefit. A person is making zikr also and committing sins also. So that is far away. That's the opposite of zikr. That is ghatla. So now that's like a fish out of water. A fish out of water in a seven-star hotel also would be a fish out of water. Even in that seven-star hotel, that person will not get any peace. How many times people come back? They come back from a holiday. And now they came back from a holiday, exclusive holiday, they went to Dubai and out and here and there, and they spent hundreds of thousands of rands, and the person came back and he said, I'm a nervous wreck. No need to go into the details of it now, but the lesson in it is, that these things alone can't give a person contentment and peace. Contentment and peace and happiness comes from Allah Ta'ala to those who dedicate themselves to Allah Ta'ala. They are to Allah Ta'ala. Their hearts are attached to Allah Ta'ala. Then they get the good of dunya also the happiness and peace and contentment of dunya and they get the great stages of akhirat as well so our coming to Madrasa to learn deen is so that we can practice on this and we can pass it on to others as well we can give this message to one and all that the primary aspect of our life is deen this is our focus this is where we are heading to, this is what we have to focus on, this is where we make our effort and to then become the, the, the examples for others that we are conducting ourselves at home in a way that others inspire inspired us. It is time for Salah. We are the ones who are first getting ready for Salah and whatever is taking place, it's some function in the home, it is some family gathering, it is anything happening. But we are the first to start with our Salah. We are the ones who are showing the example that daily, whether it is madrasah or it is holiday. But the, of the Quran Sharif is not for madrasah, it is for me, so for my life. So every day of the that Qur'an can be recited, Qur'an will be recited. My Tasbihat, my mamulat, my daily practices, this is not for madrasa, this is for life. Every day of my life my Tasbihat will be completed. The talim at home will be taking place. Whatever other things have been taught to us, so a person who has come with this objective, that I've come to learn Deen, I've come to bring Deen in my life, then whether it is madrasa, whether it is holiday, they will be still fulfilling what they have been taught. And in this way, they will get the true, the respect of people in dunya also. This is never to be our objective. But we'll find everybody at home, will be looking up to us. you will find people coming to ask you for du'as. That should never be the objective. But, when a person will dedicate himself or herself to Allah Allah will make dunya also easy. Allah Ta'ala will put love in the hearts of people for you. And Allah Ta'ala will create the asbab and the means to fulfill every need. And the main thing is that the peace and happiness of the heart will come from Allah And the akhirat that is beyond imagination. I have prepared for the pious servants in Jannah, which no eye has seen, no ear has heard of, Allah Taala says in the Hadith Qudsi, "I have prepared for my pious servants in Jannah, which no eye has seen, no ear has heard of, and no heart can even imagine." Allah Taala says in the Hadith of Qudsi, "I have and no heart can even and bless us with Amal as well. Make our hearts be totally attached to Allah Ta'ala. Fill our hearts with His muhabbat Fill our hearts with the Noor of Ilm. Allah Ta'ala, give us the Tawfiq of passing this Ilm practically and in every other way passing it to others as well. Allah wa Ta'ala, keep us all on Iman and steadfast on Deen. Allah Ta'ala, take us on Iman and raise us on the day of with Iman. Wa akhir wa da'wanan rabbil alamin. Allahumma hamdu wa shukru Allah Mala Nursi, Fanaan Ali, and Takama, and ala Nafsik, there's a law on Nabi and Muhammad and Sallallah, Ali, who was sending a bemahuahu. Allah must have the Nabil Haid, Wastinna will fail, but Allah will have to be Moorina will fail, be a difficult fail in the Kala Kunishi in Kadir. Allah means Allah will come in Haidima, Sala coming Hunabuka, Habibuka, Sigiduna Muhammad, sallallahu Ali, who was sending. When I all become Shari Musta, the Habibuka, Sigiduna Muhammad. صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خليل قلته سيدنا محمد وآله أصحابه ماهم والحمد لله رب العالمين.